What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 50.2. And we're continuing our playthrough of The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Trials of Cold Steel? Trials of Cold Steel. Every time I boot up that game, I say in the Duke Nukem voice, I've got balls of cold steel. <laughs> because I'm an idiot. But uh, I can't help it because I've watched that Ventrilo harassment of Duke Nukem. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that before, but uh, there's a ton of Ventrilo harassments on YouTube that I find hilarious. Uh, and one of the classic ones is where somebody uses a Duke Nukem soundboard and he, some whoever goes into a random Ventrilo chat room while they're doing like a raid or something in an MMO. And he's just like, I've got balls of steel, balls, 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 balls. And they're like, God, who the hell is doing that? <laughs> like, it, it's so dumb, but it's just the way stuff is handled in Ventrilo harassments. Uh, but yeah, I can't help but say that when I boot up this game every time and I see the title. So, um, but yeah, uh, tonight I do have with me, Matt. Hello guys. And, uh, yeah, um, playing through this again. How, how do you know how many hours you're in? Yes, precisely 32 and a few minutes, 32 and a few minutes. I think I'm close to about 38 I could be wrong. I want to say I'm around there. Um, I know Jay mentioned to me, he said it was probably around, I, for some reason I'm thinking he said it was around 40 hours, but I don't think so. Um, he, I could be wrong. It could be around 60. Uh, which yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, and he did also send an email. Unfortunately, I can't read some of it because it kind of reveals some stuff that, that I've seen, but you haven't seen yet, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I will try to s- skim through it as best I can without revealing stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, we last we left off, we were in the middle of Chapter 3, while we were in the Nord Highlands, which is Gaius's, um hometown. Um, and uh, I, we left off, basically, that night, uh, after um, finishing our field study for Day 2, we thought we were, you know, this is the final thing. We get to just hang out and we're going to have ourselves a nice little feast. And then it cuts to um, the Imperial Army uh, who has set up a watchtower. Because, see, uh, the North Highlands borders both Erebonia, which is the country that we're from, as well as it borders an, the the kind of like rival country. Um, it's not really a rival country. It's just, it's a country that they've had hostilities with before, but they have come to a truce. And both countries have set up watchtowers on that border so they could watch it both just to see if anything's fishy going on. Uh, and they cut to the watchtower with these two guards um, who noticed that something's going on. Um, and uh, when they look through their binoculars or whatever, they notice that the watchtower for the other kingdom has been attacked. Something, um, some some kind of explosion happened there. Uh, and then all of a sudden an explosion happens at their watchtower as well. Yeah, they get shelled. 
Yeah. Um, something, somebody is shooting shells, mortar shells at them. Um, we get wind of this or no, we get wind of this the next morning because I guess news travels slow in the North Highlands. Um, and, uh, they will send us to investigate. They're like, well, we need to check this out because we, you know, need to make sure because, you know, the bad thing is, is that they were attacked and then we were attacked, but they may think that we're just attacking them and that full blown war may start here. So we may need to, we may need to hold off on this and check and see exactly what's going on. Yeah. It's unclear if, if we're getting shelled as a retaliation or not. Yeah. So, um, we then traveled to the watchtower to do some investigations. Um, and through our investigations, we come to the conclusion that whatever shelled our watchtower didn't come from the enemy side or the, the, the other country side. It came from a different area. So we decided to go check out that area. Uh, I thought it was going to be here. Uh, was it Emma who said, yeah, I can calculate where it came from. And everyone's like, what? You can do that? And I'm like, shit, how hard is it? Which side of the build, building was that? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It didn't seem like of all the of all the magical things she's done, figuring out which direction they came from doesn't seem that ridiculous to me. Yeah, that sounds like aerodynamics to me. <laughs> but um or, or I don't know what that what that would be. It's probably not aerodynamics, but um but yeah, no, it, it sounds like some kind of scientific thing. Um so we go to check out where the shells probably came from, uh, to which we find uh, a kind of like a a cliff that we can't reach. But there's a rope ladder that's been strung down, but they it's been hung back up to where we can't get to it. And this is where we get a little scene where uh, they have Alyssa pull out her bow and arrow to hopefully hit the hit the ladder to it, so it'll fall down, so we can climb it. She doesn't think she can make it that shot. So, uh, while she's attempting to, Emma does her little bewitched and makes the arrow fly true. Um, once again, solidifying the fact that something is up with Emma. Uh, we don't know what though, uh, but we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later. Um, knock down the, uh, the ladder we climb up and we sure enough we find the the mortar uh launchers i don't know what those are called mortar launchers yeah they, they launch mortar shells that works for me yeah uh we find them there they've been recently used and we've come to the conclusion this is where they shot so a second party has shot uh at us to make it look like that we were being attacked by the, the neighboring country. So we decide to go tell, um, the guys who, the Imperial army guys at the, uh, the actual border gate. Um, but on our way there, we see something, um, uh, that figure that we saw that weird white robot thing, uh, that we saw in our last field study. Um, we see it floating around and it's carrying that girl. Um, and we're like, that's, 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 that's too much of a coincidence. We need to go after it. So we chase after it on our horses and we, uh, when we run into it, we run into 
a young girl. Uh, I don't know how old she probably is. She's younger than Reen and all them. Uh, and she has a, a, a little floating robot thing. Um, and we're immediately suspecting her. This, I mean, we know what you did. And she's like, no, you need to let me explain. Uh, but uh, we're like, okay, we'll explain. She's like, actually, I need your help with something. And we're like, what do you need help with? She said, well, first I want to test you to make sure that you can actually handle yourselves. So we get into a boss fight with her. And I think her name's what, Milliam? Is the name of her? Is her name? Yep. Yeah, it's Milliam. Milliam. Uh, and so she fights with her little robot friend. Um, and she can do some pretty powerful attacks. Um, but I didn't have any issues with this fight. Um and we beat her and she's like okay you guys are pretty strong so uh, I'll tell you what I need help with she's trying she's telling us she's trying to track down the people that did this which is a likely story but um, we we against our better judgment we decide to follow her and we go back to the village uh, chief tell them that we found her she says she knows where these guys are that's been doing this uh, then we go to the northern part of the North Highlands, and we travel to where they have been, uh, or where that where she thinks they are. Which is, um, it it was a part that I went to on accident. Yeah, I was gonna say I did too. I just saw that it was back there, so I kept exploring earlier, and I found it. I never went inside it. I couldn't go inside. Like you get a cutscene saying we can't open this door. Yeah, I went right up to it, and I'm like, all right, something will happen here at some point. Yeah. These these Nord Highlands are pretty empty, so for this just to exist here, not a coincidence. Yeah. Um, so we go into these ancient ruins, um, and uh, here we, um, we're going to enter into these ancient ruins because she believes that they're in there. Um. So she uses her robot friend. We actually have to play as her during this. So we have to switch the leader to her um, so that her robot can knock the um, the door down. And there's other doors that we have to knock down as well while we're in here. Um, but there's something very interesting about this place. Uh, Gaius senses it in the air. And uh, it's like an, he says it's like an ancient aura. Uh, that uh, it, it, there's some kind of weird power here. Um, and what that means is, is when you're in battle. So it's hard to explain, but there's a turn order in battle. Um, and you can see it on the side of the screen, who's going to go next kind of thing, including the enemies. Um, and in normal battle circumstances, there are times where uh, in the turn order, the next, the person, a person will have like, oh, their hit points will be, um, um, you know, they'll heal hit points or they'll gain CP, which is, you know, the, the, the crafting art points. Um, and, or it can be a critical hit. The next one will be a critical hit. And there's a lot of, um, strategy involved when, when delaying attacks as well as, um, making the enemies delay their attacks so you can knock them out of the order so that the next, so, so an enemy may have a critical hit coming up, but you can, uh, do a special attack that will push them down that order. And now Reen has that critical hit instead. 
kind of thing. So there's a lot of strategy involved. But it's weird how the game assigns the critical hit just to the space. Then, yeah, it does. It's like a, it's almost like a roulette wheel or something spinning. Yeah. So, um, but uh, in these ancient areas where these they have like an ancient power, uh, there's some new um, kind of status effects uh, for this for the chain order. Um, it's the, one of them being you can make enemies vanish, like they leave the battlefield. Uh, you can have a death blow, which you know obviously is one hit kill kind of thing. Um, and there's a few others, a random status effect. So like the, you can hit them and they'll do it'll do burning damage or it'll poison them or stun them or something like that. Um, and these happen very rarely. Um, so far, I've only been through two areas that had these ancient power areas. Yeah, me too. Um, so, um, but that adds a little bit more to the strategy because these these status effects in the the chain command stuff, uh, you, you don't want the enemy to have because they can really screw you over, especially the death blow stuff. Um, but traveling through this ancient ruin, uh, we come up finally to the people who are behind this. Um, and come to find out, it's actually um, a couple of uh, bumbling soldiers who are all about just like, we're supposed to get paid after this, right? And stuff like that. They're, they're sitting there talking to each other, uh, kind of bickering. And um, the ringleader kind of shows up. And it's this man in glasses Um who um, just um, he, he, you can tell he's the leader. He's telling the guys to shut up. You know, you're going to get paid. I told you guys are going to get paid kind of thing. We, we just got to wait to make sure the war starts. So they were obviously trying to start a war between Erebonia and this neighboring country. Uh, and then we show up and decide we're going to crash this fucking party. Um, and we have a, a little bit of dialogue with this guy. Uh, kind of find out they all go by code names. So, um, and this, it's just the first letter of their name. Um, and this guy for the life of me, what, what, what was his name? The main guy? Yeah. G? G. Gideon. Yeah. Yep. For some reason I was thinking it's C, but no, C comes later. Uh, they call him G, uh, which is kind of his code name, but his real name is Gideon. Um, and he, he's kind of like a, the kind of the typical villain kind of guy, very scheming. Um, and uh, we get into a boss fight between him and two of his uh, Jaeger guys. So he he had hired some Jaeger mercenaries to uh, to do this mission for him. Um, and this fight was kind of rough for me. Um. Because uh, Gideon does a lot of crazy hits, he can he can do stats effects on my characters and stuff like that, and had a lot of hit points and stuff. Um, but we are uh, able to uh, defeat him. Uh, one thing that we uh, we did see, and which I found was kind of ridiculous, was um he has uh, the ability to kind of control monsters uh, by using this flute. He pulls oh, out, yeah. yeah. He pulls out a flute and starts playing it like the fucking Green Ranger, and uh, monsters appear 
So he's able to control monsters uh, with this thing. And so after we beat him, he, he makes his escape by summoning a monster, which is another boss fight we have to do. It's a giant uh, spider thing. Uh, and then he escapes, runs off. Um, and so uh, the spider's gonna, getting ready to eat the uh, Jaeger guys who were left behind. So we decide we're going to have to save them because we've got to get information out of them. Uh, so we fight the the spider and some, the spider boss. I don't I don't think I had any issue with. I can't really remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember having that much issue with him. Um, I met but, him once, but yeah, the the thing is though is that when we do, if I do come up against a boss or something like that and do die, I have zero issue with weakening the enemies and trying again. So if you die in battle. You get the option to retry that battle, weaken the enemies, and try it again, or just you know reload your last save. Um, and I have no issue with weakening the enemies. Yeah, it's a weird OCD part of my brain, but the thing I like most about that is that the keep the time keeps running, so I actually know how long I've played the game as opposed to rebooting my last save twenty or thirty times and than not having any idea how long I actually spent in front of the game as opposed to just my, my linear playthrough through the game, only counting the last time that I actually was successful. Right. That's a good point, actually. But, um, yeah. Uh, so we beat that. Uh, Gideon escapes. Uh, we do get the Jaeger Corps guys and uh, take them back to the village um, and tell everybody, you know, we tell... we. Tell the um, the uh, imperial officer that was stationed there, like what really happened. Call off your army. Uh, there's no need for any of that. Uh, and then after that, um, a guy shows up who is kind of like the Erebonian. Uh, he, he's like the ultimate negotiator or something like that. They, that's what they kept referring him to. Um, he shows up and is like, all right, we've already been in talks with the other country. They too found, uh, some mortars laying, uh, that, that says that basically this was all orchestrated. Um, so they're, he's in talks with them to basically keep the peace kind of thing. Um, and they, they basically like, okay, you guys have done your job. You can go home now. So we, we decide to go uh, back to the village, say our goodbyes, and then go back to Trista. Um, after that, I think we just go back into the free day stuff, right? I can't really remember. I know that we had a cutscene um, with uh, Reen's sister. Apparently, Reen wrote a letter to his sister, mm-hmm. uh, and she was not very happy with how it ended. Um, and then we cut to, oh, now it's July and it's really hot and Hey, now it's time for our free day. So, <laughs> um, there's also some hostilities. When we get back, we see that there's some hostilities between, um, fee and Laura. There's mm-hmm. for some reason, not really getting along and we have I, uh, you know, I've had the, the thought of, okay, well, obviously Laura doesn't like the fact that Fee used to be a Jaeger kind of thing. 
because Jaegers are basically mercenaries. And she's kind of like, she comes from a family of knights, you know, honor and stuff like that. Um, so there's another tension thing there. Um, we do a bunch of things for swimming and stuff like that. And it's a bunch of school stuff. Um, filler, not school stuff. Yeah. The thing is about like the difference between this and persona is that I like the school stuff in persona while here it's just like, okay, I want to get to the next field study. Yeah, that's that's been my over uh, overwhelming feeling, and I you know I haven't made it quite as far. You know I feel like I'm always lagging in this game this month, and I mean to be honest, I'm not super excited about it. But that's not really the reason. It is more life stuff, right? But the fact that and I you know I can't tell chicken and egg type situation is the game not grabbing me because. I'm so distracted or am I just not getting into it? And it, it, it's harder to fill every minute with it when it's not that exciting. But I, I just feel like this game is like 80% filler. Um, I, I don't mind it. There's a lot of what, a lot that I like. And I actually, the, the characters I'm coming around on a little bit relative to where I was last week in the recording, but but as far as the structure, that's still killing me. I a, you know, take a test, then go on your field mission. I don't, I don't know. It's just something about it that seems like a slog to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I get that. Um, I to to be honest with you, I kind of like the fact that it's linear. Hello. Here, I just don't like repetitive. Um, but uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I it's one of those things of because I was talking to Jay about it through email uh, today actually, and he was telling me that you know you don't have to do those side things. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I have to. Which side things? Like the side that like the optional stuff. Yeah, I mean that that's not. So it seems to me every time you get quests, you get like three required one not required so even if i don't do the optional ones it's not really changing it up all that much yeah i mean and you're always going to get those guaranteed ones like this required one's going to be go kill a monster yeah it's always a monster can't can't there be any reason for the monster or i don't know anything but a monster can't there be some some rebel who infiltrated from the other country and we got to go hunt him down. Why, why has it always got to be a monster? I don't know. But, um, so yeah, when we get into our free day stuff, um, I'm skipping all like those quests and stuff. The, the, the big thing that we have to do is go check out the schoolhouse again. Um, because we got to go down another floor. Um, and, uh, in the four, on the fourth floor, we go into, uh, a new area, you know, go through it all, fight the boss kind of thing. And when we come back out, there's something different. Now the schoolhouse, the old schoolhouse has always been kind of morphing and changing. At least that's what they suggest has been going on. Um, 
but uh so uh, but the thing it changes is that when we go back to the elevator to go back up after exploring um we have uh a new thing that showed up at the elevator which is this gigantic red door um and for the life of us we can't get it open Although there is a point where Reen kind of feels something. Yeah. He, he, he kind of grips his chest a little bit. Um, there's one thing I forgot to mention is like, uh, at the, at the beginning of this chapter, uh, we did all the swimming stuff. Reen has a scar on his chest, uh, that he doesn't, he said he's, he doesn't know where he got it. He's had it for as long as he can remember. And to me, it looks like it's in the design of something like a wolf or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of starburst or a wolf or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that uh, he, he I, obviously he's gripping that scar for some reason. Um, but we leave, uh, and uh, we can't figure out how to open the door or whatever. But um, as we're leaving or or while we're leaving, um, we get a, a little surprise. Reen's sister shows up, um, because she she came. Because of her, her brother sent that letter to her. Um, and she is highly upset with Reen because Reen says in his letter that um, he feels like after he graduates from Thor's military academy that he is going to join the army and eventually kind of separate himself from the Schwarzer family because he was adopted. He doesn't feel like he should take on the role of uh, his father, a baron, taking over baronhood or whatever, because he you know, he was adopted and he doesn't have any noble blood in his body, kind of thing. And she got real pissed about that, saying that she feels like that he's abandoning her and stuff like that. And it's weird because we're gonna see a little bit later on in this chapter, um, because all of the his classmates are like, "Wow, you're a dick, Reen." And I'm just like, let him fucking do what he wants to do. That's how I felt. Yeah, and again, this this comes into what I was saying last week. Is I, I still think that the, the game flip flops a lot between actually a touching moment or a you know a human conversation, and then it, it, it's just so awkward in a lot of parts. And their whole reaction, I thought, was awkward. I thought the way she reacted was really awkward. Yeah, I mean, I know her general feelings about it, and I understand why she would be upset. But the way the conversation played out, like, nothing really happened, and all of a sudden she just stormed off. Yeah. And thought it was kind of weird. And then, unless I was missing something, there was another really weird innuendo here. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. You get it later on, too. And I, I'm just like, are we really going there? So of all people so like it does it, it's like not even in character to have I, I just I, I don't know I'm like it I have no idea if I'm misinterpreting this if the game is just that weird and that's what it's trying to say or or if it's a just a weird translation or what yeah that that's my thing so it's suggested through Ring's classmates by by his classmates saying man Ring you're so dense you don't get it I can't believe yes. you I can't believe you can't see this. It suggested that Reen's stepsister, his adopted sister, 
has feelings for him. Not brotherly, sisterly feelings? Yeah. Like, I'm in love with my stepbrother. And I'm like, are we really doing this? Because they, they reiterate that at the end of this chapter. And I'm just like, what? I mean, so far in this game, we haven't done any really weird shit. But now we're getting into the weird shit. Yeah, there was also, uh, what's her face's uncle? Well, yeah, but I mean, that's, uh, I, I threw that up too. Ask eh, quirky Japanese. Or maybe weird translation. With his granddaughter, that's more than a little, it's not just a little eccentric. Oh, oh, that's true. But this one, I mean, they're like full on suggesting, you know, like when your classmates are like, dude, you don't see that your, your, your stepsister is in love with you. I'm just like, what are we talking about here? I was like, are we really going there? And as much as I feel like this game is slowly making these characters maybe a bit more human, we're not at that point where that's like a legitimate conversation that could be had. Because no. of the, the the things that these kids worry about, it, it just it's it's very like cardboard. It's true. No, yeah. There's no way you're going to go from there to well, we're not blood related. Is it wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's my question. Is like, are we like? I don't want to see this pursued. I don't want to. Nor do I want the creepy grandpa around. Well, I don't think you're going to see him much anymore. Uh, there is one thing I forgot to mention was the whole backstory to Alyssa, which is like, um, so her, her mother runs like the, one of the country's largest, like tech manufacturer. They also like create weapons and stuff like that. Um, and her grandfather used to run it. So her grandfather, the eccentric old man who apparently finds his granddaughter attractive, um, he, uh, used to run the company um, and his daughter, Alyssa's mother kind of did a hostile takeover, uh, cut him out of all the shares, bought out all of his shares and got the majority of the company because he originally did not want to start mass producing these gigantic like railgun tanks. Um, and it was, it was kind of like being pressured by the Arabonian empire, like the, the military, the Imperial military to make them. He made them, but didn't want to give them to him. Um, and she took over the company without him knowing, and then gave them the, the rail guns. And he was like, man, fuck this. And he just, he like, he left the company completely and became a hermit. That was, that was, that was kind of like the backstory. And she, she feels betrayed by both her grandfather for leaving her. And also from her mother, because her mother just, you know, screwed over her father kind of thing but um so yeah uh that suggested so she gets pissed off so so um elise that's her name reen's sister she gets pissed off and runs off crying um and she somehow stumbles into the fucking old school house (laughs) yeah uh after running into multiple people which which they said, oh, that can't happen. But did they explain how it did happen? How the door was open? Yeah. No. But I have a feeling I do know. Mm. So that so there's 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 a couple of things that that I don't think I've mentioned in any of these episodes. 
is that there's another character that we haven't really talked about, and it's a character that I have a feeling will be revealed to be a predominant backstory character. Kitty cat? The cat. Um, so there's a cat running around Trista, and particularly around the town as well as at the school that Reen has ran into multiple times. As well as in Emma's room. Yeah. And so he, and that's the weird thing is like in, early in this chapter, he's walking by Emma's room and he hears Emma talking to somebody. And when he goes to knock on the door, Emma's there by herself with this cat, meaning she's having a conversation with this cat. It's a Japanese game. I'm sure that cat can talk and that cat is scheming something. Um, I don't think it's an evil cat. Um, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. <laughs> it's like the mere fact I'm even talking about this. Um, but the, but Emma being the witch that she is, all this magic ability and stuff, I have a feeling because she mentions that the cat's kind of like her protector or her, yeah. her guardian kind of thing. Yeah, and then she said, oh, oh, friend. I mean, it's my friend. Yeah, this is my friend. Um, and so, um, but the, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, Reen's sister stumbles into the, the old schoolhouse. She even goes down the fucking elevator, all the way down to the fourth floor. When they do show the cat as soon as she gets in the building. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the cat's, like, watching all this happen. Um... And uh, when she she gets to the fourth floor, she walks up to that big red door, and the, she can hear what well, sounds like almost like a robot's voice. Um, say uh, something about trials or um, some kind of initiation, like an awakening or something like that. It's trials of cold steel. And trials of cold steel. Um, and the door opens, and a gigantic suit of armor comes out. And it starts to get ready to attack her. That's when Reen goes after her. And uh, when we go down, uh, it is Reen, uh, that rich, pompous asshole who said that we were nothing but uh, commoner scum. Patrick. Uh, Patrick, yeah, he's there. Uh, along with another guy who um, has been helping out Class 7. Um, he's a second year student of, uh, of Thor's military Academy. His, his name's Crow. He's got some sweet burns for Patrick. Yeah. And patty cakes or. <laughs> I can't remember. He's got at least two of them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I like Crow because he, he, he's kind of like the Nathan Drake of the entire story. He's kind of yeah. like this laid back. I don't give a shit kind of thing. Hey, you know, but he's actually a badass. So we have to fight the suit of armor. Uh, Reen and Crow basically take it on. Um, and um, when we beat it, um, we, we save Reen's sister. Uh, but on top of that, what happens is during the fight is that Reen kind of loses control. Um, his, uh, his scar uh, starts kind of giving him pains. And he kind of transforms, like his hair turns kind of grayish white. He has red red eyes. Thought he was gonna go super saiyan. I, I was, yeah, I was super saiyan. I was gonna say he turned into super saiyan for a minute there. Um, and everybody's like, "Whoa, what the fuck? You know, what, what's going on with this guy?" Um, 
And after we beat the, the suit of armor, he then suppresses that power, puts it back inside of him. Um, despite it, the, the fight's not over yet. Maybe yeah. Minutes, huh? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, we, um, but then uh, nobody really asked about that. That's the weird thing. Yeah. While this is going on, though, it keeps showing that cat watching this happen. And I have a feeling that this cat is connected to this schoolhouse, and this schoolhouse is basically trying to awaken Reen. Because, you know, for the longest time, like through chapter three, I had I I, I had no issues with Reen. When I get to this point, I'm like, this is the one thing I didn't want to happen. I didn't want Reen, the main character, to become the fucking chosen one. And I have a feeling he's going to be the fucking chosen one. You know, it happens in every single freaking Japanese role-playing game, it seems like. Yeah. Is that oh this guy he you know he's he's the only one that can stop him you know because he has this innate power that he was born with or he went through some kind of tragic event that gave him this power he's Superman basically yeah and I'm just like come on you know I was like I, that's the one thing I didn't want to happen yeah because I think it takes away from the you know him as a human having to overcome his human issues and it's just you know waiting around until fate deems you deems it the appropriate time or yeah. circumstances unlock your power. Yeah. That was my biggest issue was like, come on, I don't want this to happen. That was the one thing I was like, he's going to be the fucking chosen one because, you know, he transformed, he has this amazing power and I'm sure like there'll be somebody out there who also has that power and he's going to be the main villain, bad guy thing. I mean, I've, I, I, I will say, I think I have met the main villain of the game. Uh, you haven't yet, but I have. Um, and like, like things really pick up in chapter four, like, like at the end there. I mean, we, we pretty much all the cards are on the table on chapter four and like, we know who the bad guys are, what they're doing, what they want. You know, like we, we, we get it. So Wait, the, only 38 hours in, we finally hit the point where the story's starting. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that was what I was going to mention, but uh, like, I don't want to get into that yet because you haven't seen it yet. Um, but that was when I was like, okay, I'm ready to begin the game, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, and they, and they don't really talk about that anymore. Um, so, but yeah, uh, then we get our, we have our test. Our test is actually, um, not against one of those robot things anymore. It's actually against, um, after the free day, right? Uh, yeah, after the free day stuff. Yeah, so just just backing it up a little bit chronologically. Every time we go down into that uh, abandoned schoolhouse and we fight the boss at the end, it's those three stone angels. That's the hardest fight of the game for me. <laughs> Fuck, man! I had to, I had to reduce the difficulty like eight times, I think, before I beat that one. Yeah. It's always the those the same three fucking bosses. All they do is laser me. They hit all my guys, and then my guys start attacking my own guys, and I'm dead like inside two minutes. Yeah, confusion, man. I tell you, I was I was to a point 
I don't think it was this boss. It might have been the second, the second boss, or, or there might have even been the third boss. They all have this ray. Well, it, it damages everybody if they stay. If your characters are too close together, it hits all of them, and it also has a chance to confuse them. And when you're confused, your characters attack your party members. So good guys attack good guys. And Laura is butch. When she starts swinging at my own guys, they only last two swings and they're done. Yeah. Laura is like the fucking striker of this entire group. And not only that, she has like 6,000 hit points, which means she is the, like the, the, she can take the most hits as well. So she's like the most powerful. She's a striker and a tank at the same time. I was like, what is this? And so, I mean, it's great to have her in my party, but it's bad when she turns against you. So that, um, I, just, I couldn't get out of that fight because I would end up with three of my guys confused. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, you know, even if I, even after I killed the first one, I was already dead at that point. Basically I had to get to that first one dead within like two hits or all. I couldn't, I couldn't handle three sets of laser beams coming at me. But n- none of the other bosses in this game have even been all that difficult, but yeah. Every time we go down into this schoolhouse, these three kill, just slay me. So, after that, we uh, we do have a a practical exam, as they call it. And this time, it's not against a robot. Uh, this time, it is Reen and one other character we can choose from against both Fee and Laura. Um. I chose um, Elliot because he has that resounding beat, which is fucking amazing. Yep. And for being a weak guy, his his magical orb attacks actually do quite a bit. Well, see, that's the thing is like it basically surpasses defense because it's a magic attack technically. Um. Yeah. So there's plenty of times where I won't be doing that much damage with Reen with physical attacks, but fucking Elliot, he'll just knock the hell out of him with that thing. Yeah, there's quite a few enemies I can just do roughly a thousand damage to every single time. Yeah. So yeah, Elliot's fucking a, a powerhouse for me. Yeah. Him uh, and Laura, your favorite. Yeah. Gaius up there too for me. Um. So uh, yeah, I chose Elliot. Uh, we beat Laura and Fee. Um, and then that's pretty much the end of that practical exam. Then we get the. The details of our uh, field study. Our field study is going to be sending us to the actual capital of the country uh, where the king resides. It's also um, the hometown of both Machias and Elliot. So we get to see basically their living conditions as well uh, when they're at home. Um. Do, God, for the life of, how do you pronounce this town? Do you know? Uh, is it Him Himdal? It starts with an H, right? Yeah, Heimdall. Heimdall, something like that. Um. Anyway, uh, you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta stop the recording real quick. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I had to stop the recording. But anyway, uh, we're talking about um, we're going to the Capitol building, uh, which is Elliot Machius' hometown. 
And um, where we're going there uh, for a specific reason, that reason being is that um, they're having a big uh, summer festival. They have it every year, um, and it's being it's usually always held at the um, at the Capitol, celebrated by the royal family. And uh, we get um, we actually get a cutscene before we go there, um, which uh, features the royal family themselves, um, which is the the princess, the crown prince, and then their older brother, um, I guess older half brother, um, because they they actually explain that a little bit later on. Um, who is uh, God? What was his name? Uh, because the older brother actually plays a, a decent part in this. Um, it's in our email because Jason an email and he mentioned that person. So let me bring that up. Olivert, Prince Olivert, um, and he's he's actually significant because well I'm going to read that email off in a minute, but yeah, um, but we get a, it's basically them talking about the uh, the dance and stuff like that, and the princess is like oh I have my eye on somebody and stuff kind of thing, and it's it's like I'm thinking like what is this inconsequential stuff, but it actually comes back up a little bit later on. Um, and the great thing about, uh, the capital is that it's only about 30 minutes away from Tresta. So it's kind of a short trip, but we get there and we're going to help out with some of the festivities, getting everything done. So, uh, when we go there, we're like, well, I wonder if we're going to run into your dad, Machias, because Machias's dad is the governor of the, uh, of the city itself. So we're like, well, I doubt it. My dad's really busy, especially with all the, the summer stuff going on. Uh, but kind of find out he's actually the guy who beats us at the uh, train station. Because uh, he is the one who set up this entire thing. He's the one giving us our our uh, field study assignments, stuff like that. He's also uh, brought up uh, room and board accommodations. Um, and kind of find out, he tells us that um, our the, the final person on the board of directors is he. So we've got... Uh, Let's see, um, Alyssa's mom is on the board of directors. Machias' dad is on the board of directors. Um, and, um, Eusis's, uh, brother is on the board of directors. So there's, it's strange coincidences are happening. Uh, but everybody's like, okay, it kind of makes sense. You know, that's, so that's the reason why we were all in class seven kind of thing. Um, so yeah, our field day study is basically uh, going around getting stuff prepared and helping out people around town. Um, we it really uh, stuff like getting quotes and taking pictures of various restaurants. Yeah, stores. making brochures. Um, but the uh, the big thing here on our first day is that uh, the place where we're stationed at. Is actually on a street. It's on the street that uh, Elliot lives on, I think. 
Yeah. Um, so we decide to, before we go check out where we're staying, uh, we go to see Elliot's, uh, house. Uh, and when we get there, Elliot, um, we meet Elliot's sister, his older sister. And, uh, she's all happy to see him and it kind of embarrassing him and shit like that. But, um, we sit down and talk to her for a little while and we get a little bit of backstory with Elliot. Uh, kind of find out Elliot uh, hasn't really told everybody this, um, but he hasn't actually kept it a secret. Elliot, his sister is a, is a very, uh, she teaches piano now to people, but she actually used to be a pretty well renowned, um, pianist. Um, his father was, and still is, um, a military man, which we didn't know. And he's actually like one of the top generals in the military in the, in like, uh, the Erebonian military. In fact, he runs the, what was it? The fourth armored division. He's the captain of the fourth armored division, which is like the most powerful division in the entire army. And when people, people re- didn't realize, Oh, I've actually heard of your dad. I didn't know that was your dad kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Elliot did not take over the physique, physique, he says. Yeah. So, um, and Elliot was, Elliot's always been more of a person that loves music, just like his sister. Um, and he wanted to join an orchestra. He actually wanted to, there's, there's a, uh, a musical academy in, uh, in the city that he's from where he wanted to go. Uh, and he told his dad this and his dad said he was not going to have that. His dad then forced him to go to Thor's because it's a military academy because he wanted his dad to follow in his footsteps. And that's how he ended up going to Thor's because his dad kind of forced him to. And he kind of resents his dad because of that. Um, so we get a little bit of backstory with him there. And... um uh, it was it, I, like that was one of them. I was like, I was kind of like, I liked it a little bit. Um, I think what happened to his mom? His mom was a pianist as well, and she died. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, a lot of people come from you know single parent families in this game, um, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, yeah, I, I think Elliot's mom died. Um, and she was also kind of like a famous pianist as well. And that's where he got his love for music. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, and, uh, the first day is basically just going around doing odd jobs for people and also eliminating a monster. Because There's also one other key is the place that we actually stay. Uh, yeah. So it's, will be a key at some point in the, in the game. Yeah, it, it does come back up, but uh, we're staying actually in a old bracers um, guild hall, uh, a place where the bracers used to be. So bracers, I, I, like we tried to explain it uh, last week. We got we kind of I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, bracers were kind of like the opposite of Jaegers. So Jaegers. A lot of people didn't like Jaegers because they basically were all in it for the money, mercenaries in it for the money kind of thing. 
Um, and they, they would do things, you know, however, however they could get it done while bracers were kind of like a, a government ran mercenary guild, um, or, or the government kind of took them under the, under their wing. Um, they, they were a mercenary guild as well, but they helped out the town. So think of them kind of like witchers or something like that, where they'll go into towns and say, Hey, you guys need any help? And they're like, yeah. We need you to kill this monster or we need you to help out with this. Uh, and they would do that. So they think of them as kind of like town mercenaries who were kind of like the good guys. You know, they wanted to do things for the, the community. Um, and eventually, uh, they got ran out of town, uh, by both the government. The government decided that we don't need these guys anymore and, uh, they're, they're going to up their military presence more so we don't need these mercenaries to help us with stuff we'll just get our military to do it so the guy got ran out of town so uh they pretty much left everything abandoned at the same time i mean i think this this one building was set on fire and they never knew who really set the fire uh they felt they felt like it was kind of like an act of terrorism a little bit um lucky for us that means that it's a brand new building that they installed brand new beds in. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, but that's is there's kind of like a little bit of history with the with the uh, the bracers and their guilds and stuff like that. That was kind of nice as a just a, as a way to add a little bit more flavor to it. You know, I don't know how much that idea plays into the rest of the game at all, but assuming it doesn't. Is a nice little, nice little bit of a way to work the history into the game. I think a little bit of it does play a part later on, um, but we it's in this chapter. But um, you'll you'll see it when you when you get to it. Hmm. Um, the only other thing uh, that I do need to mention about this is that this field study is unlike any of the other ones. While we're still grouped up into two different pairs of groups. Um, they are, or we're, we're grouped up into pairs. Um, the, the, both groups are going to the same city. It's just we're covering one half of the city while the other group is covering the other half. So our group consists of Machias, Elliot, um, Laura, and Fee. And while the other group is, you know, Eusis and Emma and Alyssa and, uh, Gaius. And that's it, right? Yeah. There's nine of us in all. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're getting the kind of the grand tour because we got both Machias and Elliot and they both live there. So, um, they screwed the other team then. Yeah, I know. Somehow it always works out that way. The funny thing is, is that Elliot, Elliot, no, not Elliot, but Reen actually realizes that he says, you're basically just trading me for the other group. Because last time I was with, the other group and now I'm with the next group and Sarah does this for a reason instructor Sarah um, is because she notices that there's problems on both sides of these groups and Elliot is the guy who kind of brings everybody together um, because she sees that there's obviously some kind of issue between Laura and Fee so we're going to put them in a group together and have Elliot work it out between them um and that's, I mean, that's as far as you made it, Matt, right? Yeah, that's as far as I made it. I mean, I, I got about seven or eight hours in. 
Yeah, I mean that's not that's nothing to shy away from. I mean, that's a that's a that's a pretty it's pretty well in there. I mean we're both past halfway in this game. At least I think we are. Yeah, we've got about three three chapters, well three and a half left. Yeah, three chapters left, pretty much. Um, and there's a lot like coming up in this chapter, what you're about to play. There's a lot here, so I finished the chapter. Just FYI for everybody out there, uh, and there's a lot coming up. You you will meet the the bad guys um, here, um, and there's there's some more revelations as well. Um, but we will save that for another episode. Uh, we do have a couple of emails that I would like to read off. Uh, the first one being from Jay, uh, and I'm going to have to read this and then talk about it because there's some things in here that, um, that kind of spoil the later part of this chapter that you haven't been to yet. But uh, Jay says, uh, continuing off where I left off previously, let me fill in a bit more of the lore that won't be any big spoilers for you guys at this point. First off, there is an organization called the Bracers, uh, which originates from the Liberi Kingdom, where Trails in the Sky took place. Uh, The Bracer Guild is an investigative and combat specialist group that work to protect civilians and maintain stability of their respective regions. Jobs uh, go from the mundane grunt work like monster extermination to finding lost items to stopping crime and escorting people and goods. Each region has its own territory network of Bracer Guilds for Bracers to undertake their missions and quests. Uh, Bracers are not limited to the liberally... Liber... Liberal, liberal kingdom. Yeah, liberal kingdom. Uh, And they are found all around the Zumeria continent. Uh, Every bracer has their own rankings from level 10 to 1 for junior bracers and rank G to A for senior bracers. However, only four bracers on the continent have the prestigious rank of S which are only attributed to those who save the world, notably like Cassius Bright. Cassius Bright being the father of the protagonist from Trails in the Sky series. Estelle Bright, who aspired to become a bracer herself in her own story. So this is basically talking about Trails in the Sky. Uh, in Erebonia, there were more Bracer guilds as well, but over time they were closed down due to political manipulation by those who saw the organization as a threat. All right, the next part I will skip because this is a spoiler. Uh, there is also another organization worth noting called Ouroboros. No, not the global saturation kind from Resident Evil, but rather a secret society who hide in the shadows, manipulating events throughout the course of history to nefarious ends. In these organizations stand those who are numbered as enforcers, who are all-powerful individuals, many of which can take on armies by themselves. Uh, I'm going to skip this next part because it's a spoiler. Uh, whether there are more enforcers amongst the people you know or more are in hiding in the shadows waiting to make their debut is something you'll have to figure out for yourselves. Uh, 
All right, so this part right here. Lastly, Prince Olivert, which is the oldest son in the in the Highness Kingdom. So, so the king's oldest son, uh, who uh, is kind of half noble, half uh, commoner, uh, was introduced to you guys previously. Was actually one of the main playable characters in Trails in the Sky, who purposely infiltrated the. Liberi, Liberi is how you pronounce it, a kingdom under a different guise with motives of his own. He's a lecherous, smooth talker that'll hit on anything with a pulse, but he's actually quite a nice guy and very clever to boot, playing the fool often just to hide his true intellect. Hopefully that served to fill in a bit more of the lore for you guys since those two groups were heavily expanded on during Trails in the Sky and knowing about them now will help move things along smoothly. Oh, and I uh, don't think this really needs to be said, but do not watch any trailers for Trails of Cold Steel 2 as you will be immediately spoiled for some of the game's biggest plot twists if you do so. Well, enjoy the rest of the game and I'll talk to you guys another time. Jay. There's two passages in there that I can't talk about because they happen at the end of this chapter. Revisit those next week? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those in two weeks because I'm going to be in Florida and not being able to play this game at all. So it'll have to be two weeks. Uh, our next email uh, comes from somebody new, actually. Um, John says, I uh, came across the Phoenix Down podcast and am enjoying your Trails of Cold Steel episodes. I decided to download the game on my PS3 since it sounded good and it was 30% off. Only got so far as to activating the transporters in the morphing old building, having a good time, but feel uh, like there are so many systems going on here that I am probably playing this far from optimally. I yeah, put, oh, well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot going on. Um, I put some crystals in my Arcus, but I'm not sure if I, they did anything. It is worth linking up. Is it worth linking up each time a different character comes up in battle, or is it better to just stick with the ones one link while you have the same party? That's a good question, and honestly, I feel like if Laura's in my team, Reen is linking to her. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the question would be, wouldn't it make sense to have everybody link with her right right before they attack? Have them link with her so that your bonus hit maybe more often is her. Man, that's a good idea. Holy crap. I haven't linked it three times. I haven't even fucking thought of that. Because, yeah, if, if I'm able to get an extra strike in with Laura, that's guaranteed a thousand hits right there. Yeah. Or a thousand hit points. Wow, you know what? That's that brings up a good point. Maybe I should start doing that. You could, that's another thing is like I don't really switch out my characters that much unless I'm at a boss fight and I want to use the other guys, you know, special super special. Yeah. Um, because Machias is not in my party. No. Nope. No, I don't use him at all unless I'm using his super. Um, but yeah, that's you bring up a very good point. So it, it I guess it would behoove the person to. You know, switch up your characters. So, like, say Elliot's about to take his turn. If it, it could possibly, you know, stagger the person if he's connected to Laura, who is my hardest hitter in the game so far, it would do more damage. That is, that's a very, very good point. That's also a lot of work. That that is a lot of switching. But you know, if you want to play optimally, that sounds yeah. that sounds right. Yeah, as far as I can tell, there is no penalty for 
for switching it right before an attack, so why not switch before every attack? Yeah. That makes sense. Now. Huh. That's, I'm glad you brought that up, John. Thank you. Um, enjoying it so far. Hope to catch up with you guys if I get a chance. Wonder if this would be worth going back through on New Game Plus and Nightmare Mode. Uh, my, I tip my hat to you, sir. I will not be doing that. <laughs> if I do at some point, I think I'll skip the optional quest during that playthrough. I'm playing in normal mode at the moment. Uh, will this just be two games? I see the next part comes out in September. I hope, if it is more than two, that the whole story is playable on PS3, since I'm not planning to get a PS4 anytime soon. Uh, glad I found your podcast and looking forward to hearing the rest of your experiences with the game. It is only planned to be two, right? I, I, I maybe. I, I, I was I'm pretty I sure. I thought it was two because when I was looking at the Lionheart edition, they said it comes in a double wide box specifically so you can store both parts of the both halves of the game in the same box. Well, seems, it would be weird to do that if it could potentially be a third part. Of cold steel. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel. Let's go to Wikipedia just to find out. Now I'm curious. Uh, Trails of Cold Steel three is officially announced. Oh, son of a bitch! So another sequel titled Trails of Cold Steel three was officially announced December sixteenth, two thousand fifteen, for unspecified platforms. On June 5th, 2015, Marvelous USA announced that they would be localizing the first two titles, and the first was released North America December 12th, or December 22nd, 2015. So we are about a year behind Japan because this game that we're playing right now came out September of 2013, uh, in Japan. And Cold Steel 2 released in 2014 in Japan, and we're getting it this year. So we're technically two years behind. And then Trails of Cold Steel 3 should be releasing in Japan this year. So, there you go. There will be, it is a trilogy, which I, I'm pretty sure Trails in the Sky was a trilogy as well. Hmm. So, but yeah. Uh, thank you for that email, John. I do appreciate that. Um, and uh, definitely know, let me know how you're, uh, how, how you're going along with it, you know. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear everybody's emails. If you'd like to send an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, we will read them out on the show. We'd love to hear everybody's input. Uh, and also suggest games to us. Um, I know I asked Matt before the show what he would like to do for the next game. Um, I don't know just yet. I haven't really put any thought into it. Um, right. If it's not one of the ones that we've already chosen... You know, on our on our list, if we're going to do another poll, um, I'm always partial to retro RPGs. Sure. You know, I in general, I feel like I've missed so much because I didn't start playing RPGs until I don't know six or seven years ago. So I don't know. I'm game for anything, but the ones right. that we had before were all pretty high up on the list. Yeah, we want a place to start, and then anything sort of PS One era is right in my wheelhouse. So it se- it seems to me like it is fate because um, 
this is the year of the RPG officially for us. Uh, on top of that, our show is called Phoenix Down, and we have never done a Final Fantasy. And Final Fantasy 12, or 11, no, it's 12. 12. 12 uh, HD remake for PlayStation 4 was announced and is coming out this year. Which is fantastic because I love Final Fantasy 12 from what I've played of it. I've never played it. Like up until about two years ago, I'd never seen a screenshot of it before. So I have no idea what I'm I'm up for with this. But I I would just make a suggestion we should probably do that this year. That would be wonderful. Um uh, we the hours in. Adored it, it felt very modern to me at the time. Yeah. So we can definitely do that. Um the, it, one other thing is like I, I'm I'm good with doing another RPG or another game after this one, um, but the game after that, so two games from now, I want that game to be uh, Danganronpa two. Oh, nice! Because I really, really, really want to play that game because I I I absolutely adored Danganronpa one. And I said that we would do Danganronpa 2 on the show. I want to do it this year. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I'm bringing Jay back for it. Um, you expected to be the game before the Halloween game. That was, that's, that, that's my plan. And as we, as we know, as much as I love when a plan comes together, <laughs> Phoenix down plans very rarely come together. <laughs> Um, but the plan is, is that we could, after we finish Trails of Cold Steel, we do another game, then we do Danganronpa, then we do our Halloween game, which I, I'm assuming is going to be Eternal Darkness, right? Yeah, I hope so. That, that was, I mean, wasn't that what we kind of agreed on? Yeah, I think so. So, um, we, we've kind of got at least two games set up. Um, the only thing we got to do is figure out what the game we're going to do next is. I'm thinking, and I'm not certain, um, we should be done with Trails of Cold Steel by the end of July. I'm guessing so. Um, and then we could probably, uh, that'll give us uh, August and September to get through another RPG if you wanted to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to Danganronpa. Um, and then October, we begin our um, our Halloween game. And then after that, we're thinking maybe pencil in Final Fantasy XII? I'm thinking so, yeah. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah. So, nope. yeah, I think, I, think we can, I think we can handle that. At least we can attempt to. Um. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to give it some thought. Um, but yeah, like it, it, make some suggestions. Anybody out there who uh, follows us on Twitter, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. Uh, I said that fast. REMGS. Rings. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm D at DML Fury. So DML. So that's my name. Uh, Fury. Uh, and then the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. 
You can follow us on there. You can suggest games to us there. You can send it to us an email. Uh, suggest an RPG for us. Um, Matt says somewhere around the, the, um, the PS1 era RPG. Um, it, let's not do Final Fantasy VII, even though okay. we, we've said we should do that. Um, it, truth be told, I've never played this game and I've always wanted to. Chrono Cross. I've always, yeah. heard, I've always heard we should play Chrono Cross, but always think, don't think of it as a sequel to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> That's what I've always been told. Um, but there's, there's tons of games out there. So, uh, yeah, just let us know. Let us know what you think we should play. Um, and, uh, we'll definitely consider it. Um, but that's it for us, uh, for Trails of Cold Steel. Um, there's a lot more to be had. Uh, I know I've, I've got through it, but, uh, we will definitely talk about it. It's going to be two weeks, um, because I am going to be on vacation next week. This is the first vacation I've taken in like seven years. So I'm going to be down in Florida with my girlfriend and uh, hopefully don't get burnt to a crisp, which will probably happen. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be it for us uh, this week and next week. But we will be back in two weeks uh, for more Trails of Cold Steel. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great couple weeks. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week. Not next week. Two weeks from now. Uh, with more Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. 